Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. Uh, I would. I, I didn't want to alarm you, but I gave away like six awards before we started recording, so like... Yeah, par for the course. Makes yeah. sense. Uh, now, if you give the awards away before the show starts, are they even awards at all? Like, do you really even care about those categories? <laughs> I mean, like, uh, I, I mean, I do. I do personally as the person who gave the awards away. And you the just don't them. think that anyone else cares. They can look it up basically. on the website after Jocelyn. That's oh why God. we built the website. The oh, flashy, man. Takes too long to load website. Okay. <laughs> okay. That website took so long to load that I couldn't even watch the game awards on their actual website. I had to go over to YouTube, look it up on YouTube and find it there because it wouldn't load the player on the website because it just has too much crap like GG Game Awards. Well played. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Like, so I, I mean, I, we're going to talk about this in more depth in the news section later, but um, normally I don't watch the game awards i will usually just go find an article and then um like kind of scrub through and try to find the sections that are actually um like things that i i care about or that i want to watch and uh this year i actually took the time to sit and watch them and oh my god okay first of all i don't like award shows anyways but the game awards are so just oh man they're so terrible <laughs> Like, they're just so long, and there's so many, like, world premieres, I guess, trailers and announcements. But I don't know. Like, they were talking about, they had a, at some point in the ceremony, they had a developer on from, and they were like, yeah, we announced this guy's game at two years ago at the Game Awards, and now they're in open beta or whatever. They're starting their beta tonight, blah, 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 whatever, announced here, exclusive. And I was like, I don't remember this announcement at all. Like, I don't remember the name of this game. I don't remember this announcement. I don't, like, none of this stuff is ringing any bells. And then as I was watching the show, I'm like, I know why. It's three hours of commercials back to back to back to back to back for games that have no release date. Most of them look the same. Like, <laughs> I just, I was like, wow. Okay. Like not to, um, like be down on or belittle any of the developers who are creating video games right now, but there were there, it felt like a lot of repetition to me. And I was watching on my second monitor. What? And I was just like, wait a minute, are they showing the same trailer over and over again? I had to like go back and scrub and see. And it's like, no, there's just like four shooters with the same music in the background, like back to back to back to back. And like in one, you're shooting zombies and the next one, you're shooting soldiers. And the next one after that, you're dropping out of an airplane and shooting things. But like, it's basically the same. <laughs> I was just like, wow, I don't know what is going on or if this is how the game awards always are, but oh man, it was, it was hard to get through. <laughs> yeah. I didn't watch this year. Uh, I had other stuff going on and I, I thought I would just kind of go down the list of what was announced. And I mean, that is always the struggle and, and it's a constant piece of feedback we have on this show is that it's, it's too focused on the world premieres. Uh, as someone, I, I like to think I, I really enjoy video games, but I also enjoy, 
hearing about the crafting of video games. And I know that's not for mm-hmm. everybody. So part of hearing about that crafting is also hearing from the developers when they've won an award. Winning an award for something as complex as building a video game, that that is a big deal. And I love that side of the game awards. And I love hearing from the developers when they won something. And just yeah. like with the Oscars, it pisses me off when they play the music because I find like, no, you wouldn't need to play the music if you didn't play that stupid Fallout video game, whatever you showed six times. Um, <laughs> I didn't, again, I didn't watch the awards and I think the world premieres are fun. It's cool to learn about new stuff. Um, but I think there's a way to do both without it feeling like a commercial. It's felt more like commercials in the past. Again, I didn't watch this year, so I don't know. But but judging by what was announced, it sounds like there was a lot of stuff announced. Um, I'd just like to see maybe more of well, a balance preserved here from more towards the awards and less towards the commercials. I don't know. That's just me, though. Yeah, and the thing is, too, again, like for me, I so I watched the whole thing. And even if you just look at like our notes, I didn't go and read anybody else's um, like summaries. I just took notes on the things that I was like intrigued by or excited for or whatever. And I only wrote down like six or seven things from the whole entire three hour presentation. So I'm kind of like, I don't know. Uh, And a lot of it was just maybe like hard to get me excited about stuff. Like Dragon Age is a really good example. It's like, we didn't get a title. We didn't get a story. It was the ultimate like teaser. And I was just like, well, I'm not even going to write that down because like, who cares at this point? Like when you have a title, when you have a bit more of a story to tell me, like basically all it said was forget all that, you know, there is no, I don't, I don't even know what, like, yeah, I don't know. I can't remember what they said exactly, but basically it's like, there's no prophecy and no chosen one this time. They won't see you coming or something like that. And I was just like, that's not really much of a story. That's just saying you're a nobody. Uh, (laughs) I'll say this for, for fans of dragon age. Cause I, I wrote down dragon age and, um, I will say this about dragon age is that, uh, they really, for the first time set up the next dragon age at the end of the previous one, which they don't normally do. Um, Mm -hmm. so the fact that you see Solus or the wolf King, you know, Val and chat or in discord is going to, gonna correct me on this so i I don't need to go into too much detail (laughs) but like they they that trailer meant a lot to folks who had played dragon age inquisition and the epilogue dlc uh it you're right it's it's light on details uh but bioware has been i mean we're going to talk about bioware uh for a couple games but um they are not great at announcing products and they do it way too early this is the third type of dragon age trailer we've gotten like this and it just tells me that we're not going to have dragon age 4 this year um yeah it's, it's like, no it's like it's probably a 2023 project like to be honest it, it wouldn't surprise so far me away <laughs> 2022 might be possible but uh yeah 2023 it i don't know i don't know um but yeah bioware's uh notice they didn't announce anthem next <laughs> yeah know, which is what they're wor- <laughs> they are working on that so but it wasn't yeah. it wasn't at, it wasn't at the game awards so maybe Maybe that's not teasable. I mean, I would have, considering all the other stuff that was announced, I'm not necessarily like trying to bring bring the room down, but I feel like you could have snuck a, here's what's coming in Anthem, you know? It, yeah. It would be in good company to say like, here's something that's probably going to be something you can play in 2021, which is Anthem yeah. next. They are actively working on it, and I think it would be a good idea to, to, to kind of like 
throw some gas maybe on that fire. I don't to, know. Yeah, maybe they're afraid to hype it. I don't know. You know what? Let's just let's just talk about the game sure. awards now. We were gonna talk about it in news, but we're already we're deep in. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, let's just talk. Let's talk about Mass Effect because that was like right at the end of the show. That was their last world premiere, which was the thing that I like. I knew it was in there, and I was I was kept waiting for it, and that was part of the reason why I was just watching instead of scrubbing. Uh, and of course, it was right at the very end, and it was a an interesting trailer, and it left a whole bunch of questions for sure. Uh, it showed two different galaxies. So the big question is, you know, like how much of um of a reference to Andromeda is going to be there? Because they definitely showed Liara, mm-hmm. who is a character from the original trilogy. Now, Andromeda, I think it, the thing with Andromeda was that it took hundreds of years to travel there, right? Yeah. Because we didn't have the relays or whatever. Uh, um well we or, so we or it just took a long time i can't remember it's been so long since i barely played that game <laughs> right so with andromeda um it was set shortly after mass effect 2 between 2 and 3 um and it, it was a 600 year journey because they have the mass effect relays are within the milky way galaxy and this is the andromeda right. galaxy so we're basically <laughs> right. they put everybody to sleep pointed in the right direction and just coasted for 600 years and I did some wiki diving with the Discord this morning as we were talking about the new Mass Effect reveal, and and I didn't realize I had kind of seen last night some sort of I, I didn't get a chance to watch much last night, but I saw like some some screen grabs and I'm like, oh, this looks like an, another next generation Mass Effect, really great stuff. Can't wait to play it when it eventually comes out. And I'm like, I'm not gonna get excited about this because I swear every time I do, I'm disappointed with Bioware. Mm-hmm. So I just want to like step back and wait. But then I saw in the article for IGN, it's like, and Liara's back. And I'm like, wait, what? They're doing a Mass Effect 4, <laughs> essentially? Okay, now I'm excited. Um, let's do this. And we we were looking into it. Like, I didn't even realize they showed two galaxies. They definitely showed the Mass Effect Relays broken apart, which is, I guess, something that happens with all the endings. Um, that was some... Yeah. Some... some so... They confirmed it in Discord. I mean, uh, I can't remember who. I think it might have been Neil, but... Um, yeah, basically, regardless of the decision that you made at the end of Mass Effect 3, the Mass Effect relays no longer function. So they didn't like explode. They kind of just like fall apart almost slash stop working. Right. Um, and so we don't actually know. I mean, the, I think the thing that's pretty interesting about this is that they will have to make one ending canon and i think probably the easiest ending to make canon is the destroy the reapers ending which is the red ending or like the bad ending air quotes so like i think the one that i picked was the one that was you could basically like destroy all synthetic life which was the the destroy ending the like um kill the reapers ending there was the like synthesis ending where like you made all ai and organic life like combined mm-hmm. and then oh i'm trying i'm trying to remember what the first one was wasn't it oh the first the one was you you uh yeah it was it, i don't know if it was like join the reapers or control the reapers or something yeah, but it control. was basically like yeah shepherd like took them over and forced them to stop and 
and just is the the head of the Reapers now, basically. Um, so, like, Shepard just kind of um, is no longer alive as a person. Instead, they're kind of like a greater AI consciousness controlling all the reapers and making them go away basically. And, and I think that they became like the protectors of organic life, I think. Yeah. Um, cause again, that wasn't the ending that I chose. So, um, the one that I chose was the let's all get along and, and, you know, everybody is now both <laughs> synthetic and organic at the same time, somehow shrug. Yeah. Um, that, that one, I, I think I went with destruction and, and the only, the only problem with destruction was like, um, you kind of redeem the Geth at the very end of Mass Effect 3. There's a lot of like magical, yeah. we did it, you know, dust off your hands type stuff. And, and But it all it all feels really good right up until the end when you're like, oh, you're going to make me undo that. I mean. Yeah, because the destruction ending basically is you destroy all synthetic life, which includes Edie, which includes um, the Geth and also the Reapers. So you're basically just like you kill half the universe. And uh, yeah, it feels pretty bad, which is why I didn't choose it. Um, and so I don't know. Like, There's a whole episode on that. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so the the thing that I find interesting, well, basically the uh, Destroy the Reapers ending is the only ending where Shepard is actually confirmed to still be alive. Yeah. Um, if you play on Legendary, you get the you get the, the tease at the end and he breathes or something. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and this is the thing about about this teaser for for Mass Effect next. Like if if they somehow tie in Andromeda and they tie in um, the Mass Effect trilogy, I think that is supposedly clearly Liara and um, Asari can can live long enough for Andromeda to still the events of Andromeda to still make sense. And that if if she was interacting with, you know, the Milky Way and Andromeda, that yeah, would work. she could be an elder or whatever because they yeah. live for hundreds of years. So that's a thing. She oh, what are they called now? I can't remember. Matriarch. The matriarchs thank you yeah she could she could be one of those type um asari characters very much so um so yeah and apparently they've confirmed on twitter that she is like walking up the side of a reaper and you know so it like it kind of looks like apparently yeah why would they do that what are they doing they can't hype this up it's not fair Ryan's been burned before. <laughs> it's not fair. Here's here's the thing. Like this this game is not coming out for years. And yeah, um, yeah. If it's if this is a direct sequel, if this is Mass Effect Four, like great, do Mass Effect Four. Uh, Liara is one of the greatest characters that you could you could you could keep going forward with. Um, but like she like picks up like a piece of N seven armor and dusts it off. Like yeah. is that supposed to be a tease that that's Shepard? Or is she like trying to, is this like in search of Shepard, you know, like. Maybe again, like I said, the, um, the ending where Shepard lived as, as Shepard, like the human was the destroy all synthetic life ending. Um, so maybe that's their hint at that being canon. I don't know, but I mean, like. Yeah, I don't I don't know. But if if nothing else, it did get me very excited to replay through when they release the the remaster or whatever uh next year. Yeah. 
Now I'm excited for that rematch. I got excited to get back into that story, honestly. Um, I was already like pretty much like into it, probably gonna buy it, probably gonna play it. But now I'm actually really excited about that. And I, I really want to go back to that universe and play through again and like kind of play start to finish back to back sort of thing to to keep track of the story and you know, because Mass Effect 1, I never actually played all the way through. I played all the way through uh, 2 and 3, but Mass Effect 1, by the time I got to it, was a little bit janky. So I was kind of like, I got about halfway through maybe, or, or maybe three quarters of the way through. And then I was like, uh, I'm just going to Google how this ends. Yeah. <laughs> so I hope they address um, Andromeda as well. I, I don't, I mean, they can leave it out in the cold if if they really wanted to. There's a lot of like, there's enough of a of an arm's length with that one that they could, but um, I feel like it would be well, nice they said, to see. Again, on Twitter, they said that they um, showed both galaxies for a reason. So they they didn't say uh, like the, the clarification after that is that um, that was basically what they said. They showed two galaxies for a reason and that it was not a necessarily a direct sequel to andromeda but that andromeda was there for a reason sort of so, thing so, so is that andromeda? it will be referenced i think hmm. um but it doesn't seem like it will be the focus so i mean there might be because um there were in andromeda there were some messages from liara yeah. So, I mean, Liara is kind of like tied to that game anyways. So maybe what it will do is like show like Liara's side of the story when she was like sending those messages to Andromeda. So like give that tie in and that context there maybe without actually interacting too much with that story. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's um, I'm glad that there's something else coming in the Mass Effect universe. I'm glad that they're kind of um, going back to their roots as they were and like dealing with the original trilogy because I think the uh, just Andromeda was kind of just a flop, right? Like, mm. it, which pains me to say, but it wasn't the greatest Mass Effect experience. So I think if they're going to like go go back to that well, I think the trilogy well is where they need to go. And I think Liara is a great touchstone for that. So. I'm interested to see what they do with it, um, but it looks a long way out and I'm going to kind of keep it at arm's length. But all of that being said, they also have a lot of developers returning to Bioware to work on this new Mass Effect. So people who worked on the original trilogy have and, and have since left Bioware are now coming back. I think the um, game director announced like, four or five like rehires uh, mm -hmm. for, of people in kind of key roles in the original trilogy are now being like game director, narrative director, art director sort of thing. Uh, all the major heads of all the different departments are people from the original trilogy. So maybe they can find that magic again. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, no, Mike, uh, Mike, Michael Gamble, who's the director for the new Mass Effect, he's he is awesome, really great on Twitter, very responsive. Uh, and uh, I remember he yeah, was, he's the one I saw all the tweets from. Yeah, <laughs> about he, all of this. Yeah, <laughs> he was very I th I'm pretty sure he was very involved with Andromeda as well from a story standpoint or or maybe even from a just um, he was the Edmonton touchstone for for Montreal. 
Um, but uh, yeah, Bioware's had had some issues. Like we didn't cover it on the show, but like they, you know, Casey Hudson stepped down. The Dragon Age Four guy stepped down. I think his, his name's something Mike Dara or something. So they've had some some stuff happen. I think really what Bioware needs is they just they really just need to release a game that that hits from the get-go that doesn't require like a like a 2.0 version like the first thing we got as soon as andromeda hit was like okay when are they gonna quote-unquote fix this thing i mean patches galore we're we're never gonna make that thing you know uh as good as mass effect 2 and then you have anthem which needed a whole new you know whole new sort of change a, a bunch of changes to work and we still haven't seen what that is so i just I really hope whether Dragon Age 4 or Mass Effect next, whatever hits first, it'll probably be Dragon Age. I, it, yeah, I think it's probably Dragon Age because we've heard more about that. We know it's been in the works for a longer period of time, I think. So mm-hmm. I, just, I think I, Dragon Age 4 will be the next thing. Yeah, I just need it to I, I need it to hit and I need it to hit like in a way that's like, OK, Bioware's back. I think Bioware also needs that. So I'm hoping one yeah. of these projects <laughs> uh, does the trick. So we'll see. Yeah, the the one thing that kind of worries me is if Dragon Age 4 is the next thing to come out and if it does flop the way that Andromeda and Anthem did, like does that mean that BioWare just no longer exists? <laughs> Which, you know, I I think is a very real possibility. I hope Dragon Age 4 does well, but I think if it ends up buggy like Andromeda or just broken like anthem and then i think they they might be in some serious trouble i'm surprised they're not in serious trouble yet right like (laughs) the fact that they're even going going through with big projects like this i mean maybe they're just banking on the nostalgia i don't know and like hoping that what they're putting forward is enough to entice people in even though their their track record in the last five years or so has been pretty crappy um yeah maybe they're just counting on these franchises to carry them through the storm but it seems like uh from what you said about the teaser for dragon age 4 and you know what i saw in the teaser for mass effect uh it seems like they're really trying to appeal to those kind of older fans and uh, and bring them back in with these entries into these series so they're playing on our nostalgia and i think that's okay as long as they nail it Like if I feel like if they mess up either one of these games, like people just aren't going to touch Bioware with a 10 foot pole anymore. So, yeah, is this this is the third strike, right? One of these. Oh, yeah. 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 One of these two is is definitely the third strike. So maybe they just get to keep making. I don't even want to I don't even want to finish this that sentence. So (laughs) (laughs) I I like Bioware. I don't want them to go away. So uh, that would be a no. Neither do I. Neither do I. So. We'll have to see, but uh, I am looking forward to playing uh, the remastered Mass Effects uh, next year. So um, the other thing that I want to talk about that was announced right off the get go was a game that I was pretty like it tweaked my interest right from the very beginning. They had a couple of the developers on that were like talking about like this environmental disaster or whatever and how the corporations like stepped in but not uh, not everything is what it seems or whatever and i was like oh that's you know like that's kind of interesting like i'm down for some like corporate intrigue and you know like obviously dealing with the environment is kind of a um like hot button issue right now uh and so i was like you know what this this seems like 
interesting, close to home, but not too close. Like, I wonder what this is going to be. And then at the end, they're like, perfect, dark. I was like, why? What? <laughs> like, hold the phone. Like, I thought this was some totally, completely new IP. And then they're like, nope. We're slapping Agent Dark all over this. And I was like, I am so in. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Like literally in the notes, my notes just say PD. Ah! <laughs> Which I, I is mean, literally my reaction. <laughs> we can put this out here that from a from a rare perspective, Perfect Dark was way better than Goldeneye. I mean, come on. Right. Oh, no, it definitely was. So yeah. Uh, I don't really think that that's something that is necessarily debated because Perfect Dark came out after Goldeneye and fixed a lot of like bugs and polished some stuff up and People had a really good weird. story. But the but the multiplayer was great. Like I don't really think uh, the Goldeneye versus Perfect Dark argument and lands on the side of Goldeneye ever. We're gonna get like, Goldeneye was definitely iconic. Goldeneye was iconic for yeah, sure. Yeah. But then Perfect Dark iterated on it and and fixed a lot of the problems, right? Like, I I played the crap out of Goldeneye and, you know, like with, with friends and the multiplayer and everything else, like, so much of that odd job is cheating. But I do think, like, Perfect Dark was a better game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm... I did not play Perfect Dark Zero, which was the follow-up on the Xbox 360. Yeah, was that was not as good. No, that, that <laughs> was terrible uh, from what I heard. But I'm excited to see what Microsoft does in bringing back Perfect Dark again. Um, they've learned their, I think they've learned their lessons the last time they did this because they've built a team from the ground up. And the last time they did that was for uh, Gears. And I think it worked really well with Gears 4 and 5. So building a new perfect dark game with a new studio from the ground up uh there's a lot of character there they can work with and there really isn't a lot of um it's just really the n64 game that you have to kind of like adhere to in terms of making a great game like there's not a lot of like subject material to be to be uh really faithful to right like you have joanna no no she's she's a spy yeah, she's basically just female James Bond. Like, yeah, there isn't really a whole lot there. Plus laptop um, in terms gun, right? of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but there's not really too much there in terms of like um, core canon universe building. Like there's some stuff, but mostly yeah. it's just like cool spy story. Uh, and I think that you can very much like just build on that. And I think that's what they've done here. It almost sounds like, like I said, it sounded like they were building out this like new IP. So it seems to me like they could very much like build a universe, figure out a story to tell and then slap a perfect dark skin over top of it. Uh, and I think that that would be okay. Right. Because again, like, like you said, there's not really all that much. It's not like, we're dealing with a franchise that is iterated over like even multiple times within a console cycle or anything like that. Like we're talking about old stuff. Mm. Um, so I think that there's a lot of room to play in this universe. And uh, I look forward to what they're going to, the story that they're going to tell. Cause it sounds like they kind of like built a story and built a universe and then went, huh? Yeah, this would totally work as a perfect dark story. Let's go. <laughs> so I'm excited for, for new updated, um, just anything in that uh, franchise. Yeah. Oh, it's due up. I mean, when one thing that Microsoft really dropped the ball um, 
on in terms of the late 360 entire Xbox One generation is they they left a lot of franchises dormant. Um, you've got these two great rare properties in Perfect Dark and Banjo Kazooie just kind of sitting there that easily could be looked at as a as a possible revival to hit two different markets and um they just keep going to the shooter well i I mean you've got gears you've got halo um but now you look at the you look at the series x and s and you've got they bring it back fable you've got new rpgs from um both obsidian and um bethesda so i I get the sense that 2021 is going to be quiet for the series x and 2022 and beyond is going to be pretty crazy in terms of all these yeah these games but like perfect dark looks to be that was that was no there was no gameplay right it was all no no it was all like world building cinematic stuff yeah yeah so that's probably 2023 like way out there (laughs) i put it in line with probably a little bit further ahead than mass effect but uh yes yeah yeah not very far along yeah absolutely the thing that did look really far along and and i don't know about you but um I had no idea and I it's been like I haven't played this game since beta uh but Ark is getting a sequel and we have to talk about this because <laughs> honestly like Vin Diesel yeah like hey don't you call him creepy Vin it, Diesel he looks creepy what he come on he looks fantastic in real life don't get me wrong <laughs> and he makes a great little he makes a tr- a great tree but I mean <laughs> he looked creepy <laughs> i don't know what it was it i just it was uncanny valley maybe uh his eyes looked really dead for some reason i don't know <laughs> have you seen a fast and the furious movie <laughs> not lately i think i saw the first super one. dead inside <laughs> well i didn't mean he looked dead inside it just it looks like his <laughs> eyes lost all his pupils or his everything really it was like all pupil is like is he is he that guy f- is he playing the character from that um that other movie he does, I can't remember what it's called. It's the one where he's on Mars. Pitch Dark. There it is. I don't know. <laughs> Pitch Black. Pitch Black. Yeah. Pitch Dark. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I only remember him as the tree and Fast and the Furious. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, the point is, um, I didn't. Re- it, this looked to me like a some sort of like story, kind of right. Yeah, I think there's like a. They were saying that the story in Arc 2 will serve as the prequel to Arc, I guess. Okay, because um, I was like, I didn't think there was really a story in Arc. But that being said, I played it in beta. And if it's anything like Sea of Thieves, like Sea of Thieves had basically no story when it first came out. And now there's like a whole world and there's quests and there's there is a story to be told if you're paying attention, like maybe arc went that same way i don't know um but yeah i was surprised that this looks like it it has a story <laughs> and maybe it's just because they have like a um an iconic actor playing a character it's which is weird for him to be like, in it though isn't it like i mean kind of out of out of place i don't it looked like a creepy horizon dawn sequel i don't know it's very I hard. definitely and maybe that's why I gravitated to it so much because I definitely got Horizon vibes from it for sure. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I it's like they have some like some sort of augment that when they walk into a cave, things light up and start reacting to them. And then there like is some sort of 
um, recognition of who he is or something and he can like shut down the system or whatever. Like it just, it, it was very Aloy for sure. Like it was, it was very Horizon Zero Dawn, which is probably what like caught my attention. But uh, yeah, the arc is also getting an animated series. So I guess I just I wasn't aware that this kind of like franchise in this world had any store any sort of like grander story. So I, that something to keep an eye on. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. No. I mean, in terms of uh, them releasing an arc two, I don't really know much about the developers, but I f- I feel like didn't they didn't they launch another game that was like Pirates Knights and um, it was it was actually announced at the Game Awards and it came out in early beta. I'm trying to remember. Do you remember that? It was like a survival game alongside Ark, kind of like Ark. Now it's going to bug me if I don't look it up. I do. I, I remember. I, I know what you're talking about. I can't remember the name of it, but it was pretty big on Twitch for like a week and then it went away. <laughs> there was definitely like sailing and, and making a boat or whatever. And yeah, that was that yeah, was Studio Wildcard. And it was maybe it wasn't them it was somebody else it's it definitely looked like something they would make i remember yeah. the arc comparisons okay to the, like i know the game that you're talking about i just can't remember the name of it either but uh but yeah so i i think it's it's interesting that we're gonna get what looks like an expanded arc universe prequel thing anyways i thought that was pretty cool definitely caught my attention uh another thing i want to talk about was uh actually one of the war one of the awards themselves because um among us they won uh, a couple of different awards, but uh, they actually won best multiplayer game, which I thought was awesome and very well deserved, but also kind of funny because Among Us launched in 2018. So <laughs> it's like it's again, it's just kind of like um, the cap on this super awesome story for Among Us and the kind of showcasing the power of using or again, I don't know how Among Us kind of gained popularity on twitch only that it was kind of like one day one of the big streamers played it and then everybody saw it and everyone was playing it uh to the point that again they scrapped plans for among us too and instead are uh just building out among us the base game and we actually saw that too at game awards because they showcased their new map which is the airship which looks really cool. So nice. Still haven't played that game. Uh, oh man, Ryan, it's so good. <laughs> well, we do have an extra life stream coming up. Maybe we can fit it in. Is there like a Santa hat we can wear to just like pretend there's a holiday update for it? I don't know. <laughs> Actually, I was I was thinking maybe for our holiday, uh, we should play uh, Sea of Thieves because they do have a holiday update. But that uh, is the rule. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, if you guys do want to support our Extra Life campaign, you can go to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2020. We are doing our holiday stream uh, next Friday, December 18th, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you can follow either uh, twitch.tv slash Ryan Murphy CA or slash Joss Plays to follow either one of those streams. We'll be doing a multi-twitch link as well that you guys can find over on our Twitter but uh, yeah, we're we're not done raising money for the kids yet. And we're going to uh, send 2020 out with a bang on our holiday stream. So again, if you'd like to support it, it is bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2020. Um, so yeah, like what about you? What did you find uh, interesting outside of the Bioware stuff? Yeah, uh, so Smash, uh, this was announced ahead of time in that Smash would be getting their next DLC character announced at the Game Awards. Um, and they're adding... Is this a, is this a Final Fantasy uh, 7 character? 
Yeah, Sephiroth okay. is uh, is getting added to the game, and and he is the the bad guy to Cloud. So Cloud's already in okay. Smash. Um, and was... Cloud is the guy with the big sword, right? Not the long skinny sword, the big fat sword. Look, he's he's more than a big sword. The big sword is not <laughs> something he's using to. <laughs> no, but I mean, like he's know. that's that's how I know of him. Is he's, I'm just he's kidding. The... He is yeah, the guy the with the big Final sword. Final Fantasy guy with the big sword. Okay, he's, thank he's, you. He's definitely <laughs> overcompensating. <me> um, <laughs> but Sephiroth is the guy with the big wings. So who really is? Uh, who's yeah, the okay. blame here? Does he have big wings, plural, or a big wing? Because it looks like he only has one. I I don't actually know. Oh wait, no, maybe maybe it is one wing because like his song he comes in is like one wing something. I don't know. I I to be honest. I only played the Final Fantasy VII remake and watched a little bit of of the Final Fantasy VII movie. I never played the original Final Fantasy VII. Um, Sephiroth is the big bad, and he's got the like the very classic music that if you were to hear it, it's like, oh yeah, that's that's Final Fantasy VII Sephiroth music. Uh, and and he him being added to Smash, I think, is interesting in that you're getting you're getting the probably the pairing. Uh, that you would expect in terms of like a Final Fantasy VII offering. Like Cloud was nice, but Sephiroth kind of completes the set as yeah. having those those good and evil characters. Now you can pit them against each other in Can Smash. we talk about that trailer for a second? Because honestly, I thought he killed Mario and I was like, what is even happening? But then they, then they like cut to the front of him and he's like, oh, it's totally okay. He's just hanging by his overall strap. But I was yeah. like, oh my God, they impaled Mario. What is happening? Dude, they killed <laughs> Luigi in one of them. I mean, Sakurai yeah. is not afraid to play with... Ni- he must he must have some something on like the Nintendo approvers because he gets away with so much in these trailers. Trailers, and a lot of it <laughs> is uh is just playing with the audience's expectations and the fact that you get that sort of silhouetted sephiroth you know stabbing mario is very reminiscent of a moment in final fantasy 7 that most people know because it is one of those quintessential video game moments of of a of a specific character uh dying and uh, i think that was what they were kind of alluding to but ah, okay <laughs> but the fact that he does that he, he pokes through the overalls and then cloud is just like doesn't give two shits about mario he's fine and they start fighting and sephiroth just kind of like swings his sword and mario just flies off camera and i thought that was yeah. like that was golden um but yeah this is this is a great addition I, I personally not a character like i was really even thinking they would add to the game let alone wanted to see in the game obviously everyone has their list uh but they've they've really added a lot of like the top tier top requested characters that now they can they can with the final i think they have three more slots after this they can kind of like pick and choose and not worry as long as it's not a fire emblem character not worry about getting a lot of flack right um but you know adding minecraft adding sephiroth uh those are two big sort of uh crowd pleasers in terms of um just adding something unique but also uh something that people really want to see familiar yeah Yeah, familiar so it's exciting i didn't think we were going to get a reveal so quickly because it felt like the minecraft stuff was just added but uh this is supposedly coming out this month so we should have sephiroth in our hands by christmas so that's that's yeah very soon 
which yeah. which is only like not even two weeks away now or is oh, two weeks away every day yeah, two weeks I, away <laughs> i get the update every day how many days till christmas <laughs> oh man that's so good <laughs> yeah i know um and speaking of additions to uh existing games fortnite okay i haven't played fortnite in a long time but like fortnite seems like they're all over the map apparently they had like marvel characters in there mm -hmm. or something but now they're getting like master chief and, and walking dead because of course those live in the same universe like what the hell's going on in fortnite <laughs> i have no idea but i'm kind of thinking okay. of like going back into it I'm, I'm not a fortnite person either and um this, like are they just cosmetics like they, they must are just be cosmetics yeah. right <laughs> they are cosmetics and basically what's happened here is fortnite's kind of they exited the marvel season and they've entered into this like world's greatest bounty hunters season which works kind of in the sense that it launched with the mandalorian and and the child um and uh now they've you know previous to the game awards they added kratos the really cool thing about that is they've added Kratos from God of War, a very PlayStation character, but you can play as Kratos on any platform that Fortnite is available on, which is kind of unheard of. This is a first for video games and that you're having a, a uh, first party IP available on non first party IP hardware. It's kind of crazy. Like you're not playing Kratos, well, you're, you're playing something that looks like Kratos, but it's still crazy. Yeah, and well, isn't Master Chief going to work the same way? Because yeah. obviously, Master Chief isn't is an Xbox product, right? So yeah, it's supposed to work the same way. Um, the Walking Dead stuff, not that it is platform specific, it it will work the same way. Um, I am a little bummed that they don't have a Nintendo character. I really feel like you could have easily created, you know, put Samus in here, who is a literal bounty hunter. Um, missed opportunity there. I mean, if Nintendo like just said no thanks, um, that's a bit of a bummer because I really feel like I'm I'm this close, Jocelyn, to installing like... it and playing it. I don't know. <laughs> they seem like they are trying to cover as many bases as they possibly can to uh, kind of attract as many people as they possibly can. So I would be absolutely shocked if Fortnite hadn't reached out to Nintendo. I think Nintendo is probably the holdout, if yeah, I had I, to guess. Oh, yeah. It, when in doubt, Nintendo's the one that's like yeah. holding off <laughs> out here for sure. But I mean, this seems to be sort of a, a waved approach. I mean, we had the Mandalorian at the start. Then Kratos was announced. Now we have Master Chief. Now Master Chief and The Walking Dead were announced at the Game Awards. So maybe they will add more down the road. It, it really feels like a... It feels like a big way to get people talking about Fortnite again. We haven't talked about Fortnite in quite a while, so this is this is a big deal. Yeah, the um, only thing we've really talked about is uh, yeah. just Epic because of all the lawsuit stuff. But I mean, they're still chugging away back there with Fortnite. Like that is their huge money maker. Fortnite just is the biggest game there is. So yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're still trucking away in the background for sure. Um, and I think this is a way, like you said, to to make them. Um, I don't want to say relevant to the conversation again, because obviously they, they always kind of are just due to their size, if nothing else. But I think like get them back into the minds of people that aren't playing it every day, basically like again, reaching a, a larger, wider audience. So yeah, I mean, it seems kind of crazy, but I guess, yeah, they're, they're just cosmetics. So uh, yeah. Interesting stuff happening over on the Fortnite side of things. Uh, and then, yeah, like um, one one game that I did want to mention 
that looked super interesting that kind of showed up at the near the end of the of the broadcast. It's called It Takes Two. And so it's a co-op game. So and I think they said, like, if you buy one copy, you get another copy because you like you have to play through with a friend or something. Um, and this game looks so interesting to me because I couldn't quite figure out what kind of game it is. And they said the, the, the interview with the developer, he said they tried to pack as many types of gameplay into one game as they could. And there's some parts that look like side scrolling, like platformer. There's some parts that look like they're all like 3d and stuff. And you're like solving puzzles. And then other parts, it's like, you're doing one thing and your and your partner's doing another thing that opens another passage and stuff. So there's like there's puzzle solving, there's platforming, there's adventure stuff, there's quests. Like I I don't know, man. It seems so cool. And it all has an ex- uh, like an the aesthetic of like little big planet almost. Like <laughs> it just it looked really cool. Yeah, and you know what? If you if you didn't watch the trailer cuz I caught parts of the trailer, it is totally worth watching the trailer because it starts with these um, this hilarious uh, uh, sort of voiceover, the book of love, talking about what you yeah. experience in this game. <laughs> and then you're introduced to the two characters and their introduction is like them realizing they've been turned into doll- into dolls because they used to be humans. And they're just like <laughs> reacting in this very hilarious way. And, and then the guy is like trying to puke. And then the girl says like, you're not going to puke. You're made of clay. And then he just spits something up. And I'm like, oh man, this game's going to have some humor. And uh, yeah, it's... It's by the same developers that did um, Two Brothers and um, another one uh, that was the, it didn't hit as well as Two Brothers, but it was like the the two people, it was another co-op game, two people trying to escape jail and stuff. I think it was like, oh, it was way out. Yeah. So um, this looks like more of a cartoony comedic approach and I, and I really dig that. It looks like a lot of fun for sure. Yeah. I think it's I think it's going to be really good. So maybe it's something you and I can play together. That'd be good. <laughs> yeah, no, it sounds like a lot of fun. I, I and it's it's another one that we can probably experience in the next year, if not years from now. So yeah, exactly. And and another thing that I'm going to be playing in the next year. Or so it looks like I didn't even catch if it had a release date because I was just so excited about it as soon as I saw the uh, the rune start to form. But uh, we got more information, not about the next single player thing coming out of the Elder Scrolls team, but we did get more information of what is coming next to Elder Scrolls Online and it's Oblivion and I'm so excited. <laughs> like yeah. I know Skyrim was a triumph and like honestly when they showed because they did like a um a game pass uh like uh, advertisement like that's what it was. <laughs> it was a world premiere but it was just an ad for Game Pass. Um and basically like it started off with skyrim and they were like skyrim's coming to game pass i'm like oh my god how many years are we gonna milk skyrim like can we please have the next single player elder scrolls my god (laughs) but um yeah like skyrim obviously was uh just an achievement in gaming it's a it was a big deal i get that um but I also very much enjoyed Oblivion. Oblivion was I like I played a lot of Morrowind, but Oblivion was the one that I played like all the way through, all the way to the end, did a whole bunch of side quests and stuff. I I spent a lot of time in Oblivion before uh, Skyrim came out. So 
I mean, as much as I was stoked for ESO to to touch on the Skyrim world, I think uh, Oblivion is just, oh my God. It's like, that's where I truly, really got into uh, the Elder Scrolls franchise. That was the one I couldn't put down. Obviously couldn't put down Skyrim after it, but Oblivion was my first real deep dive into an Elder Scrolls game. So I'm super excited that they're bringing that to uh, to ESO. Yeah, I watched part of that trailer and it was weird. I I didn't quite place what was going on. It looked like maybe oh, some really? sort of game. Oh, really? Oh, my game. God. Um, <laughs> it, I think I was half watching it. And, and then once the symbol was drawn, I was like, oh, it's Oblivion, you know, because it was pretty <laughs> obvious right away. Yeah. Because um, that symbol. No, was like just... as soon as they started showing like the alternate where I'm like, oh, my God, it's Oblivion. Oh, my God, that's Oblivion. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then the symbol came up and I was like, yes, it's Oblivion. <laughs> <laughs> it just the character i think it was maybe it was an elf it just looked too cartoony and not mm. I, and i missed the whatever the start was i think I, I caught it like halfway through and i missed like the maybe the elder scrolls or the bethesda logo at the start um mm. but yeah I, I again similar to uh smash i i i know this is when they normally unveil a new um a new expansion because they do them yearly uh yeah with the elder like, scrolls online the yeah, it's like the plan for the next year, basically. Yeah, so we should be getting, I, I, if if it checks out, we should be getting a, a Twitch stream in January that kind of unveils pretty much everything um, that we're going to be getting. And in, what is usually like a May-June launch, as long as, you know, COVID doesn't impact. Yes, yeah, normally they do, yeah, like a, a late May, early June thing. And uh, yeah, it's, it's like a year-long thing. So I think like this year is like, it's very kind of like Hearthstone, right? Like every year has a theme. So I'm pretty sure um, this year in Elder Scrolls is like Year of the Dragon or something like that. So um, yeah, it's I'm super excited about it. And yeah, like you said, like we didn't uh, we can we can guess when when the release is going to be. So uh, but yeah, Oblivion will be coming in 2021. And I'm so excited for that. Uh, is there anything else uh, before we talk about the game of the year choice? Is there anything else uh, that you wanted to to highlight from the game awards? Yeah, so there's a so there's a couple of um, indie games that are going to be coming out in 2021 uh, or or maybe shortly after. So Road 96 is uh, actually there's two Road ones, and I'm trying to remember which one, but I think it's Road open- 96 is the one that. Um, I thought looked kind of interesting, but maybe like too um too real, too current. I don't know, because it's the one where like you have to try to safely cross the border from your like yeah, <laughs> yeah from your like terrible country into a safe country sort of thing. And I'm like, and it looks very like mexico texas desert type aesthetic and i'm just like i don't like i i think it's very important and i like the the game awards where they like um the do the games for good and the accessibility and all those kind of awards where they highlight developers that are very much like trying to do good with video games and and make change uh and i think it's really important for games to highlight and try to tackle some of these issues. But I'm kind of in the same boat with like Road 96 as I probably would be with like anything pandemic related. Mm -hmm. Um, 
there was one zombie game right near the very beginning. I don't even remember what it was called, but um, oh, back for blood. Oh, is it back for blood? It's like basically there's like these little like parasite like worm things that mm. like turn you into zombies or whatever. And like there you can hear over the loudspeaker at one point where it's like uh, stay in your homes for your own good and blah, blah, blah. The infected outside and i was like too close to home nope i just don't like i need a little bit of escapism and i know that like it's the pandemic right now isn't zombies but like you know there's i need more of a separation and i kind of got that vibe with road 96 it's like on one hand i think it's important because i think you should be tackling some of these issues with video games and i think that that work is very important and I think that um, playing through video games as characters who experience things that you don't necessarily experience in your real life to try to build some understanding and some empathy is very important in this day and age. So I think they're doing good work. And I liked that it was basically looked like um, a game full of a whole bunch of different choices. Like you basically had to try to decide the best way to cross the border. And there were, you know, what they say, like hundreds of different paths to take or something like that. Yeah. So it seemed like an interesting concept. I just don't think I want to play it right now. I think <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. The thing that intrigued me about it was um, I like narrative choice driven games. Um, lately, the don't nods of the world have, uh, you know, they've taken over the telltale sort of banner of, of building those games. Now telltale's back again. But um, the don't nod stuff hasn't really been doing it for me. I tried to play the the their latest one. And I think I got halfway through and, and it, it is just more of that, um, th that same structure of game. But again, like, yeah, telling and they're a story coming out that, with another one again. Yeah, like well. this month. Um, yeah, what, what's it called? I, I don't even know. But I it's like, I wasn't really paying attention as soon as they <laughs> as soon as they said who they were i was like oh yeah no i know i won't be interested in this but uh yeah so the idea behind road 96 is it's a procedurally generated road trip game yeah uh and yeah so you're you're hitchhiking your way to to freedom from a dictatorship and uh yeah so very interesting concept very interesting uh like code and gate like anytime you're talking to me about procedurally generated i'm automatically interested because anything that is going to be different every time the replayability of it is just automatically going to be drastically different than any other kind of single player game that i'm going to play right mm -hmm. so i'm always interested in procedurally generated content but uh, I, I just don't know if the theme of this trying to get across the border to escape a dictatorship is just I think it's a little bit too much <laughs> right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, it depends how they they play it. You know what? It, it kind of feels like it feels like a more visual kind of papers, please type experience. But it, but you don't get the that, sense that yeah, it's that it, dark, you know, it gave me the uh, yeah, it definitely gave me papers, please vibes. Um, and I mean, like you say, maybe it doesn't get that dark. I know. But I, and did you watch the trailer? I, w I did, but... Um, okay, because the voiceover makes me think it gets very dark. There was just one moment where um, I maybe I watched it on mute. Maybe I wasn't paying attention as much as I should have been. But I felt like there was a moment where... Um, he she was uh, your characters offered a, a ride in a car and there's an option to run. And I thought like, yeah, okay, that's <laughs> that's um, 
it, it could go places, but I think like from a from a narrative choice perspective, procedurally generated, and I know the concept is a, a little um, it, it's a lot to deal with, but uh, I like those kind of games that that are different from everything else going on. Like Back for Blood being a completely different game that is just give me left for dead three thank you it literally looks like left for dead three it's made by the same developers of left for dead so i i talked a lot about it on on zamp with uh with lou we are all in on that so that's great okay (laughs) um but um the other two indie games the other one with roads is open roads and it's a (laughs) the next game from the gone home folks uh i did not play tacoma it did not land as well as gone home did for me and i kind of bounced mm. off of it but open roads looks interesting in that you are uh you you are you're playing a i think you're playing the daughter and it's a mother-daughter adventure where you are going yeah. through your grandmother's sort of journal to 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 experience her life and you're learning more about her and i i think that really sounds interesting and more of a, uh it's a road trip game but less of the um less of the hitchhiking through a dictatorship, right? It's more about, <laughs> let's learn about what grandma did. And and literally, I think one of the examples in the trailer is like, we met this man that she never talked about and she lived this life and, you know, had these properties that we didn't know she owned or, or lived at. And I, I think that sounds interesting. The art styles um, looks to be like, uh, to be playing more off of like a hand-drawn approach which is also different. I was going to say, it gives me like 90s cartoon vibes. Yeah. And <laughs> almost looks like X-Men. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, it's weird. And I'm I'm totally down for that because it's different from anything else we're playing right now. Um, and another one that has a different art style would be uh, Season, which is a, it, it's a weird setup. It's like, I guess you, the, the younger generation's timeline is only going to last a season. So you're literally on your bike traveling around the world while it's ending and capturing sounds of, of the from the world around you as you live your final season. Again, probably super dark. You are going to die in this horrible apocalypse. You know it's coming, but you are going to spend the next season just traveling around on your, on your pedal bike and, and recording sounds. It sounds really cool um and and completely different so i'm i'm excited for those three i really like the indie games i know sometimes the indie games take a little longer to um to come out but for me those are the types of trailers that i look forward to at the game awards like yeah the the big triple a stuff like we're gonna have to wait years for mass effect bioware stuff like but the indie stuff that's stuff that we can look forward to sooner rather than later so uh though i think all three of those games are 2021 which is nice so yeah so i mean maybe maybe by that point in time i will be more down to try road 96 uh season didn't really appeal to me i know it seemed like uh jeff was really down like just down to play and and thought it was amazing uh so i don't know maybe uh once i see reviews come out for it maybe it'll be something i i look into but uh the game of the year decision this year. Um, <laughs> I thought, well, uh, if if nothing else, I think uh, the video game awards game of the year conversation really highlights why I love doing our game of the year. Because as I was watching the game awards, I was like, 
okay, I can see how that's included, but didn't play it. Okay, I can see how that's included, but I didn't play it. It was like Doom and uh, Ghost of Tsushima and uh, Last of Us 2. Mm-hmm. Oh, what else was there? Trying to pull it up, uh, but the website's loading so freaking slow. <laughs> uh, Animal Crossing, obviously. Um, uh, there were two others, I think. Final Fantasy VII Remake and Final Hades. Final Fantasy VII and Hades, right, exactly. So I haven't played Hades because Hades is like a roguelike and that's oh, not my jam. It's so good. You'd love it, actually. It's totally different. Really? From, I mean, I, 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 I just said it's so totally So many different. of my Hearthstone friends are obsessed with that game. So I know why it's included in the Game of the Year conversation because for, I feel like for the last six weeks, that is all I've heard anybody talking about. Mm. So I understand why it's part of that conversation. Um, and But like the only thing on the list of Game of the Year titles that I'd actually played this year was Animal Crossing. And I was like, I don't think they're going to give Game of the Year to Animal Crossing. But I think that it's worthy of that conversation because of how absolutely dominant it was for like four months of 2020, right? Like we kind of went into lockdown right when it was coming out and it got a lot of people through a really shitty time. So I think that that it's definitely like part of the game of the year conversation just because of what was going on in the wider world. And I think again, that's really important. Like having one of those kind of like touchstone games as a society that really kind of dominated in a way that isn't a traditional just like, oh, yeah, this was the game of the year. It had the best effects and story and whatever. Like the fact that it got people through something, I think, mm-hmm. is an important part of the conversation. But um, yeah, like I'm really looking forward to our game of the year episode because I think we're going to have a lot more um, like varied entries into that conversation and i love doing our game of the year episodes because they're usually different but i feel like this year they're going to be super different because like (laughs) none of these except for animal crossing are going to be on my list (laughs) so i'm excited but i know you played last of us too yeah so i'm interested to know what your thoughts are i this is kind of the first year where i've played i haven't finished all of them that were nominated, but I played all of them. Um, I think Hades. Did you play Ghost of Tsushima too? Yeah, yeah, I did. Oh. I, I just I bought it because um, I'd finished Last of Us, and I wanted something else to kind of slow burn on the PlayStation. So I've been kind of playing. I don't even think we talked about it on the show because I've. Just I don't been... think we did talk about it because I thought we both kind of said, "Yeah, not not for us," and moved on. So I'm I'm so surprised. <laughs> yeah, turns out samurai games are pretty cool, <laughs> you know, and. Um, <laughs> It's uh, the really cool thing about Ghost of Tsushima is that um, I, I think the original reason I stayed away from it is because it was described as like a, a video game ass video game, but with samurais. And I'm not really into samurais, but um, once you kind of approach it of like, I'm just going to play this and enjoy what it's presenting me and, and just experience it. It was a lot of fun to just kind of chip away at it. I didn't finish it. I'm I'm actually planning to go back to it i actually been playing the multiplayer actually which has been was added post-launch and is you're totally blowing awesome. my mind right now ryan i know <laughs> like not um, only did you play this game but then instead of the single player experience you're playing the multiplayer part like what yeah. what oh, what have yeah. you done with my co-host <laughs> well um it, it's funny I, I, was, I was gonna say i was gonna blow your mind even further than say like matt and i've been playing but no it's uh other matt uh Blanche and i've been playing and um we're just kind of playing this this multiplayer game and it's uh 
you're going through and um, it's more of a, a co-op experience and there's story missions in that co-op experience, but then there's also like uh, defend, like a four player co-op defend. So he and I are playing like with two other randos and it, it is a lot of fun. Like I'm surprised that they added it for free, let alone such a huge chunk. So it, it definitely deserves to be up here, not just in terms of its, of its gameplay, but also its style. Like it's just, it's just so cool to be a samurai and just uh, the movesets they've put in place are just, it's a nice balance between sort of uh, like a complex combat, but also just something super easy to pick up and play. So they've, it's really good, but it is a, it is a, is an open world game. But when you look at the last of us part two and you look at this list, I think the last of us part two is the greatest game that came out this year in terms of a traditional let's make a triple a video game right um all of the other games on this list maybe outside of doom eternal which kind of also fits in that in that realm um is are are different you know hades is this they've reinvented this you know uh tried and true sort of uh roguelike experience but they really they really nailed all the systems in there to make you feel like you're progressing. Animal Crossing is a totally different beast from anything. And then Final yeah. Fantasy VII <laughs> Remake is is a remake of a game, a beloved game, and they managed to actually pull it off. But I really, I really enjoyed The Last of Us Part Two. I expected it to win just because it feels like the most uh you know, the best made traditional traditional game, right? Like it's just it's Yeah, it it definitely fit that like traditional idea, I think. Like it had yeah. the biggest, longest, openest, worldest mm-hmm. narrative sort of experience. The graphics were obviously great. It expanded more upon a world that people loved. Like yep. it was highly anticipated. Like it ticks all of those, you're right, traditional boxes. And I think um some of the other entries I guess like Doom was probably the one I was the most surprised by um, just because I honestly forgot it existed. Yeah, I, I <laughs> like, played I it. I was surprised that it kind of ended up in this category. Yeah, it it feels um, no offense to the Doom fans, but if I, no, I like no, not at all, like I like Doom Eternal, um, but Doom Eternal felt a lot like they uh, they they tried to make doom 2016 and and make they made a sequel to that game and and it's totally a sequel to that game and it works on that level but i mean it feels like maybe they they got the uh they got the sixth slot right when they were picking these games it it feels it feels or maybe it tied for fifth with final fantasy (laughs) 7 right final fantasy 7 remakes great and it's it's something that they've what they were able to pull off is amazing yeah i feel like final fantasy 7 is very much like a it's it's an achievement i think because mm-hmm. they took something and made it into something so different while also staying true to the original i guess like i it was it's like the gameplay was just the same only different like they covered the story but then they only did half the story but they still made that feel like a meaningful thing like i don't what they did is definitely an achievement and worthy of the conversation. And again, it's a remake. So this is really interesting that it would also fall into a game of the year type category. But uh, yeah, like I'm not surprised that Mm. last of us Two won because it is the most traditional of any of the entries. I, I just wish that maybe it had gone a different way, but even then again, because I didn't play most of these titles, 
I don't know what I would have cho- like chosen in its place. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe it, Hades or just because, again, like I say, so much of my feed over the last like six weeks or so has been taken over by Hades. So I know that it's super popular and people say it's just uh, uh, totally addictive and an amazing game and everything else like but uh yeah yeah i I just think the last of us part two um story i know a lot of people have had issues with the story um uh, personally i i I enjoyed every aspect of the game um but i think when you look at the last of us part two it's just got um amazing acting amazing dialogue all the tech is there like the lip syncs great the voice actress uh one in yeah, Laura Bailey too. Laura Bailey one, yeah, and she was fantastic in the game. Again, like and everything she, about she that played game is the antagonist, right? Yeah, she played Abby. Um, Abby, yeah, yeah, and and I mean, well deserved. the 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 journey that character goes on is is very much tied to um, the acting and the voice acting. I, I think that's where the Last of Us, like I played the Last of Us Part Two and then jumped over to Ghost of Tsushima. And I was noticing you you were you were moving down down a peg to to like you know the animation was felt off the lip sync felt off the acting felt off but everything in the Last of Us Part Two is like they really strived to make a great game and all of the mechanics just work like that's that's the thing is like everything feels like they polished it to to a degree that most other games would just be like yep yeah, good enough let's move on to the next sort of segment and um it it, i think it does deserve it deserved the win but you're right like there are a lot of other great games on this list and and i much prefer the way we do it and that like i just get to list 10 games and i don't normally (laughs) rank them because i find ranking them is is too difficult it's difficult and it's weird kind of the thing right like i mean i might put last of us 2 and ghost of tsushima in the same sort of like vain and then like final fantasy 7 like we said is something kind of different and then doom is something kind of different and then you know like animal crossing is its own beast and like how do you even compare those experiences and and hades as well like they're all they're all their own thing it's not even like uh, categories where you're talking about like best rpg best shooter best whatever it's like no they're they're all so different like how how do you even compare them it really comes down to personal taste so yeah i think that's why yeah i'm just if nothing else the game of the year category made me super excited about our game of the year conversation which should be happening is it next week no no i think next week we're going to try to talk about cyberpunk um right yes means I have next to play week cyberpunk. is cyberpunk <laughs> <laughs> and then uh yeah so it'll be uh the week after that will be our game of the year conversation and uh that is one thing that you know cyberpunk can actually be part of our game of the year conversation for better or for worse once we actually get our hands on it and play it a little bit um because yeah the <laughs> with all of their delays uh cyberpunk was not part of the game of the year 2020 conversation at the game awards and i'm really interested to know if they're going to include it next year or if it's just in this weird like void zone of of award seasons right it's, like <laughs> it's possible i i think with the next gen upgrade coming to cyberpunk 2077 uh in 2021 and all the right that'll probably bring it like back to prominence or whatever like yeah yeah i I think um i think we always talk about how usually games that come out in the first few months of the year get the short end of the stick because everyone forgets about them by the time we get to award season so 
it'll be interesting to see how much of the conversation is dominated by cyberpunk next year. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to giving it a try. We're still waiting. We we're, we have a physical copy on the way. So <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see when that actually arrives so that we can start playing it. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to give it a shot and to uh, hopefully talk about it next week with you. So uh, we'll have to see how that goes. But that's going to do it for us this week. If you guys want to join in the conversation and let us know what your game of the year is for this year, head on over to bit.ly slash TGI Discord. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn, at Joss Plays. Ryan is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying with Gamers Inn. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs>